Excuse us for a moment while we pause to view an advert from one of our sponsors. They help to keep these podcasts going. We'll be right back. Dick Yardley's book, Australian Political and Religious Leaders, Treason, Treachery and Sabotage. Dick exposes how Whitlam, Hawke, Keating, Goss, Rudd and all the other Fabians have destroyed our manufacturing and agriculture. If you want to know exactly how they have done it, get Dick's book at advanceaustralia.com.au and click on merchandise. Knowledge is power. Get the power to fight the corruption today. Well, we've got Michael Schultz back here in the Zoom room with me. And Michael, we're going to talk about the Crimes Act 1914. Can you give us a bit of background on that, first of all? The Crimes Act, which is Royal Assented, was an act created so that you and I and we the people, the Commonwealth, we are the Commonwealth, have protection against the tyranny and the, the, the corrupt public service. The Act is, if you read through the Act, it's clearly all about the charges and penalties associated against a public servant not doing his job. That's a summary of what it is. It's one of my favourite Acts because I actually use it as my price list. When I'm charging a prison penalty and I liquidate that into dollar value, that's how I sue them civil claim damages. That's right. That's what we're doing too. Yeah. Okay. Let's just have a look at the Crimes Act. This is the Act, an Act relating to offences against the Commonwealth. Now, you mentioned there that this is for the public servants. A lot of Australians seem to have forgotten that we are supreme over the Parliament. Okay. There is the Crimes Act 1914, the imperial version, and that is specifically designed for we, the Commonwealth, to use against the public service who were malfeasance or misfeasance in office, basically abusing their uh, process and power of their authority. If you go to Australia and all that and you look up the same crime in it, that version's been plagiarised. What they've done is they've changed the purpose of that act where we use it against them and they've changed it so that they can use it against us. And this... Uh, Done through the work of Wayne Goss and Kevin Rudd when they brought in the Reprints Act in the late 1990s. Yeah. Now, what people need to understand is that an imperial act can't be altered unless it's gone through the proper process for royal assent. What they've done is they've made changes to it, just like they did with our constitution when they brought out their stupid Australia Act. They used the majority of the Commonwealth Constitution but they left a lot of stuff out and they created their own and then they're passing it off as the constitution. This is exactly what they've done to a lot of our acts. You have to always refer back to the imperial version. Any act at all that was passed since 1986 is null and void. I'd even go earlier. Oh, you probably can. Uh, 1960, that was the removal of the Commonwealth Governor-General. He was the only one in this country that actually had the royal authority to actually make any law the fact that he was removed then, it doesn't matter about the seal or the crown being removed at different times. I think that the Commonwealth Governor-General is the direct representative of the royal. He is the one that institutes the royal wishes, basically, or grants. Without him and being controlled by the government and being an employee of the government, then he's no longer a Commonwealth, is he? No, that's right. Yeah. So this is the imperial version you've got up on the screen. Right. This is the one I refer to all the time because you can't argue it. 
It's imperial. It's royal-assented. It is the law. It's indissoluble. You can't change it. Let's compare that, which is the official one, yep. to the one that they now published. Yeah. It doesn't even look the same. It's got the kangaroo and emu, which is illegal. Yep. Uh, it's not a crown seal. Compilation date, 1 January 2023. Yeah, that's right. So it, this is not the real one. No, it's not. What you would find on Ostley. That would be the one you find on Ostley, yeah. yeah now, Ostley, right. remember, is managed by the Australian government. It is not the Commonwealth of Australia Parliament. No. Two different entities. Now, getting to this one, this is the Royal Assent one. It even says there. Uh, scroll back to the top, to the top. Go to the heading first. Right there, the first line says, an act relating to offences against the Commonwealth. Well, we are the Commonwealth. So the offences that our GovCorp are doing are offences against the Commonwealth in every way possible. There is no lawful action that they are committing. It's also assented to 29th October 1914. Who is the Commonwealth? We the people. The preamble on our constitution says we as the people, and then they incorporate all the states as one Commonwealth. Well, we're Commonwealth nationals. We're not citizens. We're no. Commonwealth nationals. We are all one. There's no states, borders. There's nothing. We're all one, one nation. Yeah, it's a federation of states. Yeah, we're the Commonwealth. So if they ask who you, who are you, well, I'm the Commonwealth. I'm a member of the Commonwealth. Yeah, Commonwealth National. I'm not your straw man. Don't join to me to your straw man because I'm a Commonwealth National. Your legislation and your acts and everything, I'm not obligated to follow them. This act may be cited as the Crimes Act 1914, so that's what we're calling it. Part right. two is your different parts. If you read them, they're all related to public offices the crimes they commit at different parts, like administration of justice, that would be the judiciary, offences against the government, the offences by and against public officers, breach of official secrecy, that's military. So if you go to three, the definitions, a Commonwealth officer means any person holding office under the Commonwealth and includes any person permanently or temporarily employed in the public service of the Commonwealth. And then it relates to military personnel, and also even the Commonwealth Bank, when it used to be our bank under the Crown, even employees of the Commonwealth Bank used to fall under this Act. Then you've got constable, includes any member of the police force of the Commonwealth or of a state or of a territory being part of the Commonwealth. Well, that's every copper in the country. It doesn't matter if there's New South Wales or Queensland Police or Western Australian Police. They're a constable. That is their role. That is their only role not the bullshit they're pretending to be right now. And then, of course, uh, having possession includes having under control in any place, whatever, and then you've got property, and then you've got definition of territory. The definitions of three, I apply that often when I question the jurisdiction of anybody that is a public officer. Are you a Commonwealth officer? It's a pretty straightforward, simple question. They have to be a judge or a magistrate, to be a cop, to be a politician. And the way they can prove that is, I hold you to your oath. Provide me proof of your oath because I can guarantee you it's not the one that's in the Constitution. No. So they've actually committed an offence against the Commonwealth. They're personating a Commonwealth officer, which is Section 75 of that Act. They can't get out of it. They can't argue it. They can pretend. I know the courts behave like they are immune, but they're not really immune. They're only immune if you consent to it. You just 
don't accept. No, and that's what I'll be taking to the High Court eventually. Yeah. So within that act, as you scroll down, you've got aiders and abettors. The principles of the common law with respect to criminal liability shall, subject to this act, apply in relation to offences against the act. So common law has to be in these courts. The constable cop has to apply common law. And that means a trial by jury. That means a trial by jury. Nothing else. Right. And then you got aiders and abettors. So if you were, for example, to get short with the judge and you've just had enough because he's carrying on like a bloody asshole, like they usually are, you can always choose to civil arrest the judge while you're in court. And now I'm going to show you how to do that. Keep in mind number five, aiders and abettors. That will relate to the sheriffs and bailiffs and that come rushing into the courtroom. You stand over you and trying to uh, use threat force something, right? They're aiders and abettors. So just keep a reminder of that one. We'll go to section 13 first. Section 13. Institution of proceedings in respect of offences. Number 13. Unless the contrary intention appears in the Act or regulation creating the offence, any person may institute proceedings for the commitment for trial of any person in respect of any indictable offence against the law of the Commonwealth. So Section 13, uh, Institution of Proceedings in Respect of Offences. So get this real clear. As you're standing in court, this is how you identify yourself. Oh, uh, in other words, anyone who is a member of the Commonwealth may start proceedings against anyone else they see committing a crime. And B, institute proceedings for the summary conviction of any person in respect of any offence against the law of the Commonwealth, punishable on summary conviction. Would you like to comment on that, Mike? Yeah, remember, as you stand in court, you're the Commonwealth. This is who you identify yourself as under Section 13, right, and of the Crimes Act 1914. And then what you do is you then refer to Section 8, the powers of arrest without warrant possessed by a constable or by any person under the common law. Remember, that's us. With respect to breaches of the peace, may be exercised by any constable or by any person, as the case may be, with respect to offences against this Act, which involve any breach of the peace. Now, the breach of the peace is the same as what cops use against us. It's always the breach of the peace is their reason for arresting you, and then they throw on that extra charge for resisting arrest or assaulting a police officer rubbish. They use this bullshit, right? and this is what you're doing. The judge himself or the magistrate is in breach of the peace because the peace is the common law. He's not acting under common law. Remember Section 4 of this Act, common law, application of common law? He's supposed to be applying common law in the court, which he's not, so he's in breach of peace. Right. When you use this, chances are the magistrate's going to get up and run out but he would have pushed the button to alert the sheriff's police and everybody to run in. Now, what you can do is stand there and demand that the magistrate do not leave, that he's to remain put, he's under civil arrest. You put that on the record, remember? You've got to verbally speak this stuff. So it's on the record. And any threat coming from behind you with sheriffs and that, you will then instruct them to go and arrest your prisoner. Now, if they don't, they're aiding and abetting in the escape of your prisoner. Mm. So they can also be held accountable. Now, we go to Section 75, personating public officers. 
75, any person who personates any Commonwealth officer on an occasion when the latter is required to do any act or attend in any place by virtue of his office or employment. Well, that's the bloody court. It's supposed to be Commonwealth courts. B is falsely represents himself to be a Commonwealth officer and assumes to do any act or attend in any place for the purpose of doing any act by virtue of his pretended office or employment. Shall be guilty of an offence. The penalty in this is two-year prison. Mm. It's a crime. It's an offence against the Commonwealth. And then anyone who experiences this in court, every Commonwealth national walking into a court who's getting stitched up and abused by the judiciary, and remember the judiciary is a quorum non-Judas. You need to read that. It's a quorum non-Judas. They are not our courts. There are no jury. They're not our courts. Without judicial power. Without judicial power. So the imprisonment's two years. Now, if you liquidate that, then you would go $275 times five, that's one month, times that amount by 12, that's one year, times that by two for two years, and that is the liquidated amount you can sue him for. And this is the Imperial Act. That's why I always refer to this one. It's very short. It's well read. It doesn't have a lot of options to sue somebody, but it does have enough and it's simple and it's Imperial. That's the most important. We're not using their act to sue them. We're using our acts to sue them, and that makes the big difference, especially in the Supreme Court. All right, mate. Thank you very much for that explanation. Now, remember, case law backs all this stuff up, and the main two case laws to remember whenever you're in a cop stop or whenever, because generally all your problems start with these cops. The cops are the instigators of your nightmare. Mm. And the two case laws to remember is Regina versus Banner, and DPP versus Hamilton. You need to read and study those two cases. Between the two, it gives cops no power whatsoever to interfere and harass you for anything, for any reason, if there's no crime committed. So peacekeeping and crime is the only things constables can do. These coppers are not constables. They are personating Commonwealth officers. They're employees of a non-Commonwealth body corporate entity, which states very clearly in their act, if you want to refer to their act, which is called the Public Governance Performance and Accountability Act 2013. And it's on page 15, read chapter three. It describes the definition between a corporate Commonwealth entity and a Commonwealth entity. And it says very clearly there that the, the corporate entity is not part of the Commonwealth. They have nothing to do with us as the Commonwealth. No, they don't. I just want to share the screen here and show you something else. On ciinow.com.au, which is my website, just below the bird, you'll see a picture here, your rights and the police. Click on that. And down the screen here a bit, you should read all of this because it's going to help you with the same thing as Michael and I are talking. Print this out. You can download it as a PDF. Here are the laws that Michael was referring to. Regina versus Banner and Andrew Hamilton versus Director of Public Prosecutions and Magistrate Duncan Reynolds said the same thing. The police absolutely no right to detain or arrest you for the purposes of questioning you or facilitating their investigations. 
It doesn't matter whether the questioning or the investigation is for the purpose of enabling them to ascertain whether you are guilty of a crime known to have been committed or is for the purpose of enabling them to discover whether a crime has <coughs> or has not been committed or is for the purpose of enabling them to discover whether a crime has or has not been committed. And if the police do so act in purported exercise of such a power, their conduct is not only destructive of civil liberties, but it is unlawful under the Crimes Act, which we've just examined. <laughs> so they cannot stop you. And this is the thing with the RBT stops. They are illegal. And you can yep. tell the police they do not consent. That's it. And, that's, and it comes down to consent. See, they can only stitch you up and make false accusations, right? They do. They give false testimonies. They fabricate evidence, a conspiracy to bring false accusation. And there's a whole range of things that you can get out of that Crimes Act and you can actually use to describe how your experience with those idiots are. And they're actually references to sections of penalties, the crimes, the offences that they've committed against the Commonwealth. We just need to start standing on yeah, I'm going to show you what those penalties actually look like. There's a couple of other acts that I can quickly just refer to for people to look up. Okay. One is a BAF, B-A-F-F, versus New South Wales Police Commissioner, 2013. So that's not really old. That's not really that old. And the common law to remain silent, reconfirmed. CABA versus Vic Police, 2012. Common law to travel without being molested. We have a common law to travel, not drive to travel without being molested. That's CABA, right? District Court Paramedic case number. K-A-B-E-R? K-A-B-A versus Vic Police 2012. Common law right to travel without being molested. Correct. We have these acts. We have these case law precedences set. It's why you go to the Supreme Court. No good doing a civil claim for damages or a statement of claim in, in a circus school, which is magistrate and district. They're all just circus school. It's a, they don't even acknowledge anything constitutional common law in there. You have to argue contract law in there and use their system against them. But right. in Supreme Court, we have the rights of common law and they can't totally dismiss. Okay, so let's have a look here at how you calculated the penalty. If it's 17 years by 12 months, by five weeks in the month, there's 1,020 penalty units by 275. It comes out to 280,500. But wait, then you've got Section 42. Section 43 catches the lawyers and judge each, then can be penalised by 600 penalty units, 330,000 each yeah. per day. That's the individual. That's for the dollar amount per individual. That's right. So I was incarcerated, <laughs> thrown into jail for six days. So by six days, it's 5,346,000. And for a body corporate such as the Commonwealth of Australia Corporation, yeah. it's by five. Yeah, so, that's right. So you can see here, by the time I'm finished for each one, it's 22,225,000. Yeah. That's an enormous amount of money. Now, on my high court application, I've got 16 people. Each one is liable for this amount. Yeah. So what's 16 by all that? It, well, it's a lot of money. <laughs> it sure is. We've got to remember, too, this is their law. Yeah. We didn't make it up. It's not imperial. We're governed by what they say. They've made it law. They use the ACC for the, the point value. So my court case now 
is worth 355 million 600,000. Yeah. And that would explain why they're still gunning you because there's no way they're going to be paying that out. Yeah. Mike, thank you very much. It's been very educational once again. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye now. See you later, mate. Peak Dawn is proud to announce the launch of a series of online learning courses that have been developed in collaboration with common law expert Mike Holt. So if you want to learn about how to protect your rights, what common law is, or indeed the depth of common law courts and how you can use them in your local community to seek justice. Look for the advertising on commonlaw.earth or commonlaw.education.